Hi, it's Joey Remini here from Seeking Balance International, and I'm really pleased to be sitting in my lounge room having a chat with Richie Bennett. So welcome, Richie. Thanks, Joey. Hi, everybody. So Richie's a psychologist. He's a colleague of mine and a friend of mine, and I love the way Richie works, you know, heart and soul with his clients and also just with himself and his own approach to life. So Richie's just re recently released a book called 100 Dawn, and full of poetry and images of waking up in the morning and going to our beautiful coastline and connecting with nature. And so I work with lots of people who have chronic illness and this could be pain, anxiety, vertigo, tinnitus, sleeplessness. And a large part of our healing process is looking into the deeper parts of life and you know what, what really drives us, what anchors us, what connects us to meaning and purpose. And I think sometimes we take our health for granted and what's available to us. And it can be until everything strips away from you and suddenly, you know, driving a car is difficult or getting out of bed's difficult or your body's in so much pain. And these are times when we often do stuff and think, all right, what's life really about? What am, what am I here for? You know, some of those deeper questions. And I thought I'd have a chat with Richie about like what got you on this path of doing something like waking up at dawn a hundred mornings in a row. I can barely wake up <laughs> one morning <laughs> at dawn. So talk me through your connection to nature and this search that you're on. How did it? How did it start? Uh, well, in terms of the hundred dawns uh, practice, that actually began as uh, a fundraising challenge mm -hmm. uh, in 2016. I uh, felt. I, a lot of the young people in particular that I was working with that were presenting with mental health challenges and other life challenges, there was quite a significant disconnect mm -hmm. between Mother Nature and their innate beauty, their own true nature. And uh, it was more in a say, material or uh, technological world that they were trying to navigate and experience. And what age were these people? Uh, I worked with people six, seven years of age through to well, uh, late adulthood. So, but it, it was particularly the young people kind of 8 to 10 to 25, 30 year old. Mm -hmm. And um, so I set up this challenge where for 100 dawns in a row, I went to the beach a good hour, uh, you know, mainly around Bells Beach here on the surf coast, a good hour before first light. It's such a beautiful time while it's yeah. still in the dark. And I would meditate and I'd meditate for a while and then uh, whatever sentiment arose from meditation, I'd pen that down. And that was usually around when the first light of dawn arose, which is around about 20 or 30 minutes before the sun will actually rise. Mm -hmm. And so I'd have this little space of about, you know, 15, 20 minutes where I'd pen down the sentiments. And being someone that's always written songs and poetry all my life, for some reason it always arose in verse. So um, that's kind of how the book ended up on 100 times as well. And I'd take a photo of the, the beautiful pre-dawn sky or mm -hmm. however that pre-dawn sky was because uh, sometimes it was just a complete grey, torrential yeah. rain, howling wind kind of morning. I really want to talk about that. Yeah, and, uh, and, and then the other element of the practice was to embody that sentiment, whatever it might be, gratitude, appreciation, curiosity, whatever mm -hmm. arose in that meditation during the surf, and I'd be physically in the water for 100 sunrises in a row. And of course, most mornings I'll actually see the sun because there was enough clarity in the sky, but lots of mornings when it wasn't there as well. But the intention of going from that beautiful, peaceful space of meditation and, and coming to a knowing or, or a sentiment or an intention, like yeah. that, that's kind of like it, it, it can be quite tranquil and quite graceful to come into discoveries and understandings of self and intentions of what we'd like to do with our life. 
And it's when we get into the intensity of the day-to-day life or the experience that we're wanting to change and transform, that's when we can get challenged and go back to the old and that kind of thing. So going into the surf, which is a high-intensity zone, it's high challenge often with the yeah. size of the waves. But I, yeah. did, I did the practice from late February through to June. So I went from late summer all through autumn, which is a great swell season here, and then into winter where it's still great swell. So there was quite a lot of challenge and intensity in the lineup. And uh, at the same time, you know, on the good days, there's also a crowd. So there's this social dynamic that happens out in the surf that sometimes can be comfortable, but sometimes quite uncomfortable. So can I just recap some of that? So what you're saying is you would take yourself into that peaceful, quiet, meditative space. It's just you and the beach, you and the ocean. And you'd have that time to collect your thoughts and listen, I suppose, listen to nature, be with nature. And then you'd take that clarity and actually go into a more challenging situation where you had to say, okay, well, I've just been sitting down and meditating on gratitude and flow. How can I take that gratitude and flow with me as I'm paddling for a monster of a wave or there's a crowd of people to navigate? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like my my main speciality in psychology is in human performance. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a fundamental in human performance is to train at the level of intensity or higher than you're actually going to encounter when you compete so that you're kind of ready for anything, you know. Yeah. Of course, occasionally you'll have some unforeseen things arise, but basically you're ready for anything because you've done the training. So the meditation, if you like, was the training part. And I was all, I would always allow nature to guide that meditation. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it's very beautiful, and I do this a lot in my practice. I guide meditations for people and share mm-hmm. a dialogue and you know, take them somewhere or at least open them to some place within. Uh, but nature does that very beautifully and very gently as well. Mm-hmm. Even those mornings where it was torrential rain and 80, 90 kilometer hour winds, there was still nature taking you somewhere, guiding you somewhere and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and be with that was quite a part of coming to a deeper awareness or, or place within self. And I think there's something really important and really beautiful and coming back to what you were saying about the adolescents and the younger kids being mm-hmm. disconnected and you know on our phones all the time and sort of almost at the mercy of being liked or mm-hmm. you know getting comments. <clears throat> And there's something really important as humans and part of nature connecting in with our cycles. Mm-hmm. And like, so I'm always following the moons and every day I jot down where the moon's at in the cycle. And I find it really grounding. It helps me understand where I am each month and helps me just not necessarily document, but in a way just, yeah, regather mm-hmm. where I am each day. And as you went through this hundred dawns of being in nature, did you ever find yourself kind of getting annoyed at nature and going, why are you cold today? Why are you windy today? Why is that sky doing this today? And why can't I see a beautiful pink or orange sunset? Like, you know, I'm just thinking about the relationship often my clients will have with their body is they get really angry. They're like, why aren't you good today? You know, why aren't you treating me the way I want you to treat me today? And I'm like, well, nature's variable. And so what did you notice through the varying weather patterns and Sun rises. Yeah. Well, um, for me, that that was part of the beauty of the practice because mm-hmm. humans don't control nature. No. You know, Mother Nature, and whether it's sunny or rainy or windy or still or no waves or big waves, we, we don't have any control over that at all. Yeah. So when you uh, let go of the attachment to control, then you've now got a huge amount of mental and spiritual energy available to adapt, to navigate, to transform. Uh, and which is the nature of nature, if you like. You know, it's all changing. Yeah, and I, and I also just want to say it's like that beautiful two words, just you show up. 
Like all you do is you show up, you turn up, and you have space for whatever well, is even, there. Even the um, commitment to the routine was very much in service of this ecosystem, so to speak, because, for example, my sleep actually improved, you mm. know, and my yeah. my usual needs for the level quantity of food that I usually have actually decreased because the efficiency of what's going on in my inner world was improving. Even though I was still surfing, doing yoga, doing walks, bike rides, I, I had my usual day mm -hmm. uh, after the meditation practice, but it felt like I came to a place of uh, greater efficiency of my energy and you know, opportunities. But you know, the, the intention really about doing the practice in nature. Uh, was to illuminate the value of connecting with nature as well as the value of intentional self-study yeah. for our mental health and well-being. Yeah. Uh, because, and and that, that, that was another element of the disconnect that I've seen with young people, but not just young people across the lifespan uh, with the people that I work with. And this can be elite performers as much as people from general community. Absolutely, we're uh, all human. Where um, there can be a tendency to look outside for the answer, for the solution, for the cure kind yeah. of thing. Uh, there will be a lot of people listening to this who relate to that. They will have yeah. consulted with a lot of professionals and yeah. they've been looking. Yeah. And, and for me, medicine is magic. It's wonderful. It's incredible. And mm. science is magic and wonderful and incredible. But uh, for me, the, the innate wisdom that a human has is synonymous with the innate wisdom of Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and when you uh, cultivate a practice, in this, in this time of this meditation, and there's other ways you can, uh, yeah. connect with your innate wisdom, uh, you start to become, have a sense of more uh, command and autonomy and, and it's more a choice of what you're bringing to augment your healing yeah. rather than a dependence on an external to do your healing. Yeah. Because, you know, like for example, the moment I cut my finger, immediately my body's trying to heal it. Yeah. So, you know, the blood will thicken, white cells will come in, there's a health that there's, you know, there's infection, that kind of thing. I haven't even thought of it. I might even, I've not even got the band-aid yet. Yeah. I might have stopped the bleeding, but I haven't got the band-aid on it yet. The body's onto it. Yeah, exactly. So it will innately start the healing. And then I have something like a band-aid or, or a bandage, you know, to just apply pressure to assist that process. But it's not the band-aid that heals me. The healing comes from within. And that happens on all levels. That happens yeah. mentally, emotionally you know, um, relationally, so in our relationships and things like that. If I want to improve my relationship, whether it's with another person or with myself, my body, mm. uh, or the decisions I've made in life that I learned reflection, I didn't, you know, they're not yeah. the ones that I would have made if I had a little bit more knowledge or a little bit more attunement to myself. And I think... Then, you know, that's you can come to those understandings uh, within and, mm. uh, and and then it's what you, what you choose to see around you to augment that. And my experience of this has been that when I've listened to my own answer, so there's been many times in my life when I've gone to specialists, experts, doctors, teachers, regarded professionals, and I've sought external information, and that's been an important part of my gathering and collecting data that I can use in my ecosystem. And then there's moments when I stop and I could be sitting under a tree or lying in a hammock or staring at the clouds or swimming in the ocean. And I'll have this moment of clarity and it like is so easy and so simple and so profound that often I can, sometimes I can even overlook it, like think, oh no, it's too simple. And I think part of this practice of self-study and reconnecting is actually allowing the simplicity of healing and allowing the simplicity of moving with nature in that flow 
but sometimes it doesn't need to be complicated. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, you know, something that I, I found um, really as a powerful remembering, really like that, you know, we, learning's kind of funny. I, I think a lot of our learning is remembering what we know. <laughs> and yeah. again, that's accessing, you know, wisdom, but it was um, just how connecting, like being in nature every morning, regardless of the weather. So I didn't even check the weather. I just, you know, I just, I can what, relate to what, that. whatever nature presented, I'd made a commitment to be in that space. And and so whether it was you know warm sunny like you know summer, when the sun rose earlier or nice and still or whether you know there were discomforts and so the way I looked at it was there was comforts and discomforts you know mm -hmm. there, that that's just an observation that's not a judgment or a good or bad or positive negative there's comforts and discomforts and yeah it's a little more comfortable when it's warm and it's still and that kind of thing then it's uncomfortable when it's absolutely pouring rain and you're yeah. sitting there meditating or it's uncomfortable in a sense. Or can be when it's 80, 90 kilometer hour winds, you're literally feeling your body actually get moved along with the sand. At wow. points when the gusts come. And it's cold. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was incredibly cold some mornings, you know, three quarters. So I mean, of course, you've got the wind chill. But so the comforts and discomforts of Mother Nature. Yeah. That's synonymous with the comforts and discomforts of our own ecosystem inside. So, for example, if I didn't like the rain and I mm. judged the rain and the rain wasn't any good, and I did that, that's kind of like judging nature. And so I'll either seek to avoid it or I won't appreciate the true value of the, of, of the uh, rain and it will continue to be a discomfort for me. Whereas if I accept its presence and I might adapt, like, for example, particularly when it got a little colder, I was actually on the beach meditating in my outerwear, my snow gear. Yeah. You know, because, well, you know, I want to have a practice that's uh, enabling me to be attuned. And um, so if I'm aware that the weather will have a, a really significant impact on that ability, then now I can, again, you choose something external to augment what you're trying to achieve and internally. And it's also just being prepared. And it's yeah. also backing yeah. yourself and it's finding ways to to keep showing up because there's always going to be challenges and sometimes we're going to have all these expectations of how our day is going to line up or how things are going to happen and this doesn't matter if you're somebody recovering tinnitus or dizziness or chronic pain or even if you're an Olympic athlete you're going to have a plan and a strategy and a mindset that's gearing you up for something and the question is can we feel prepared enough to face what's coming and then also have some resilience to work with some things that we don't predict, you know. Sometimes life will make it difficult and we have to think on our feet and we have to think, am I going to fight with this, with the rain and the wind? Or am I going to sit back and think, wow, this is kind of miraculous. This is awe-inspiring and breathtaking. And thank goodness I've got my beanie and I've got my jacket and I can sit through it and appreciate it like you, you were saying. Yeah, well, thank goodness that I was aware and I made good decisions. Yeah. Because, you know, my, my understanding of, of Mother Nature and human nature is that we're purpose-built to survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. right? So the rain, even though there might be a perception of discomfort and even judgment about it, 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 it has a divine service for the planet, so to speak. It sure does. So... Even though we have discomforts of mind and body, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain or other kinds of pain, there's a potential for service in that, meaning there can be a learning, a message, uh, more involution, more mm. actual growth uh, as a person. Uh, and by growth, I mean a more understanding of our qualities and potentials and how we can 
uh, transform, transcend the discomfort mm -hmm. and restore you know, the, the comfort again. So, for example, through my lifetime, rain is always going to happen, most, you know, particularly a lot in different seasons, winter, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, sometimes physical symptoms or emotional experiences are just going to be part of my daily existence. But my response to that doesn't necessarily have to be reactive or mental in a way. And, and a lot of what uh, you experience when you're intentionally connected to Mother Nature is that you tend to uh, bypass the transient nature of mind, which mm. is just attaching to all sorts of stuff, systems, discomfort, the system, the whole judgment or the whole story. Yeah, I was going to say the, the right to wrong, the goods and bads. Yeah. Uh, but when you come into the essence of, of your nature, your heart, your divine body, with the heart and soul, what, what that actually feels like, what that means, then you're coming from the inside out again. And the mind is now a tool that you're utilising to restore comfort in the discomfort mm -hmm. or, you know, in a performance scenario, to fulfil your potential in a certain way, uh, in a social setting, to uh, be of service to another person who may be in need or to actually allow and receive service when you've made the uh, decision that, yes, I would like to be assistant at this moment mm. or this challenge that I'm moving through. Yeah. And also, like, you know, forgiving ourselves and giving ourselves space have the wild stormy weather because you know as a human being we are a piece of nature and we are a piece of this great divine bigger life force it's so much bigger than anyone can ever explain and within us we're not robots we're not mechanic like we have all these complex interactions and yeah. i mean i'm all filled every single day of my life with what i observe in my body and in the world around me i just think it's amazing and there's so much going on in my biology that I simply can't academically understand. You know, it's in me. It's innately happening. There's wisdom and, and science going on. But it doesn't mean my mind can necessarily understand that. And I think when we connect back with nature and we start to really look at trees change and moon cycles and sun cycles and animal patterns and even human interactions and social patterns, I think it humbles us to see like, wow, there's so much complexity. And even just staring at a simple flower or a seashell or watching the tides, it's humbling to be in that space, in that space of having your breath taken away. And I think that all comes back to the fundamentals of curiosity and being open and really getting honest with ourselves about when we're in a space of judgment and should be this or it's good or bad or you know, I don't want this, I'm going to push it away or run away versus, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to stay with this and I'm going to watch. That's interesting. That feels different. Okay. And so, like, we're kind of opening up and practicing that curiosity. And do you want to even, I'm, I'm sure there's a loads of curiosity that came to you in your 100 <laughs> dawns, but I'm curious, do you want to pick a random poem and maybe share one? Well, there's one that's come to mind uh particularly, yeah, cold and uh, in terms of the mother nature and the yeah. uh, weather presented was a physical discomfort and uh, the sentiment that was arising, I, I had this experience where I could really feel the movement of my heart beating, yeah. but not just the movement, there was also the warmth. Mm -hmm. it was, oh, it was almost, uh, it, yeah. it was like, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're warm-blooded creatures and so that movement of, of circulatory system Life was, was keeping yeah yeah and potentially it was beyond physical it's uh so i a, a sentiment arose it was um you know, something i 
the ocean made cold, the onshore cutting through. So patiently with love, my heart stays warm for you. And so when I went into the ocean that day, it was mm. quite a cold ocean, but I chose uh, not to wear a wetsuit. Oh. So I got out of my outerwear. And, yeah. Because, uh, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was really towards the end of autumn, so it was, it was really quite uh, a lot of uh, extreme. And did you surprise weather. yourself at how you could maintain your body temperature? Yeah, 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 it was really beautiful. It was just allowing the continuance of the heart staying warm for mm. you. For me, there was a really a deeper energy there of self-love. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. I, I think that's a really beautiful uh, quality and potential and actual natural state of a human to be just to be in a state of self-love. And uh, yeah. to know that the qualities and gifts we have, you know, mind is a quality gift, body is a quality gift. And when we cultivate those qualities and gifts, then they serve us so much better. So when we have experiences where we might have a symptom or a disease or, or, mm-hmm. or a, a disability of some sort that we're trying to navigate, move through, heal, um, if we're losing sight or we're not tapping into some of the other energies and qualities like the heart, the warmth of the heart and, yeah. the, and the beauty of our inner being, uh, then potentially that's uh, limiting uh, we're not our a- healing. We're not accessing it, yeah. Mm. So, I- yeah, it was really beautiful to, um, you know, there was so much discomfort, objectively discomfort from nature that morning and the resonance and the warmth of my heart was just such a balance. So I actually yeah. still felt at one with nature. So it wasn't like I just got into this little warm state. Like <laughs> Your it bubble. Out. It's kind of like I'm totally at present and at one. And I'm okay. I'm presented with and I'm okay. In fact, I feel really good here. This is beautiful. I really want to invite everybody listening, if you feel called, to really think about what does self-love mean to you? In what ways are you treating yourself with love? In what ways are you sometimes finding a discomfort or something that is challenging for you? And that could be a symptom or it could be a relationship or it could be any part of your life, career or um, athleticism. Any challenge, I invite you to say, how can I love this more? How can I love myself more? How can I offer a loving kindness and an unconditional life force that says, wow, this is actually really interesting and this is bigger than me because I am not my symptom and I am not my sport, you know. An Olympian is not their gold medal. So I really want to invite you to explore self-love. And there's a poem here that I really like. Can I read one? Uh, Yeah, sure, Joe. So Gentleness is the name of the poem by Richie Bennett. And it says, The air is still, the clouds move slowly, the waves rumble peacefully. I embody the gentleness, I embrace the sunrise, I am healing. Thanks, Richie. Thank you, Joe. So great to chat with you. And I hope everyone here has a little something to take home and explore their nature within and potentially the nature around them. And that doesn't mean you have to get up a hundred times in a row at an hour (laughs) before dawn. You could even just take your shoes off and walk on the grass, you know, connect with the ground. Yeah. So it's a bye for now. And thank you, everybody. (laughs) See you. Bye bye.